welcome to another episode of the Authentic Audience Podcast. I'm back in San Francisco this week. It's been a beautiful week, a busy week, and today's the full moon, uh, which is fitting that I had Destiny Berman on the show today, and you will find out why. Destiny, I know I say this about many of my podcast guests, but hands down, she is my biggest inspiration in business. I was so nervous to even ask her to be on my podcast. I was freaking out this morning before she got here. And of course, it turned out to be the most beautiful, inspiring conversation. Uh, Destiny is also in the world of digital marketing and is very involved with helping spiritual leaders grow and scale their businesses online. Watching her do this has been mind-blowing and inspiring to say the very least. I always say if Destiny is involved, you are in good hands. Her name is also very fitting for what she does. So today on this podcast, we talk all about how when she made the leap um, to the corporate world over into solo entrepreneurship and working with more spiritual and awakened clients. We also talk deep about this concept that's been coming up a lot for me and for my clients about when you are on a spiritual path, pursuing a spiritual path, and combining that with monetization or creating a business around what it is that your services are sort of what that looks like. And she just answers it so perfectly. I learned so much on this episode. I am so inspired by her. We talk all about her program, Launch Your Calling, which is perfect for people in the space of healing, the arts, entrepreneurship, bringing your work online in a mindful and modern way. Destiny is awesome and truly, truly uh, inspires me every single day in my business. I loved this conversation. I'm so grateful to know her. I'm so grateful to have her on the show today, and I hope you enjoy it. Destiny Berman is a digital marketer and strategist. She helps leading spiritual teachers and healers launch their work online with the purpose of serving bigger. She supported her clients with launching online platforms in yoga, astrology, metaphysics, and mindfulness, adding multiple six- and seven-figure revenue streams to their businesses. She is the creator of Launch Your Calling, which we will be talking about today on the podcast. She previously was at Oracle Marketing Cloud and led marketing campaigns for brands like Twitter, Microsoft, and Sephora. Whew. (laughs) Welcome, Destiny. (laughs) I am so happy to be here. I am so excited to have you here. I have to tell you, I was just saying this. Um, I've had a lot of cool people on here, but this is the most nervous Mm. I have been um, for a guest to be on my show. I am humbled by that, and I feel all this tingling around my head, which is is a good sign. (laughs) (laughs) Good. I hope that's a good thing. Um, So we met uh, a year ago now. Um, We have a mutual client that we share, and after the first call with you, Clay hung up and was like, who was that? And it was just this sort of aha moment that he had because he has joined my business like after the fact of already creating this where, oh, maybe this could actually be successful Mm. um, in this marketing, in the sort of spirituality entrepreneurial realm. So um, you're a big inspiration to us. And um, I just wanted to talk to you today about how you do it. Mm. Um, one thing that I say if somebody mentions you in a conversation, they're like, well, 
do you think I should? I'm like, well, what does destiny think? <laughs> <laughs> so whatever destiny says you should do. Oh. Um, so anyway, um, how, how are you? What is going on in your life? I'm good. And um, I was just saying how just I feel the energy of today. There's a full moon going on and I just feel it's flowing, it's fluid. We're really, we've been connecting even before the session and it feels really good. And I'm, I'm really happy and I'm grateful to be here and having this conversation and diving into these topics that I, that I believe more people ought to be bringing to the surface. Awesome. Cool. So let's start. Let's back up a little bit um, and maybe talk about how you, because you were doing um, marketing for these bigger sort of corporate companies and now you're working with spiritual teachers and leaders um, for the most part or like completely? 100%. 100%. Yes. yes. So when did you make that switch? I actually don't know um, (laughs) this story. Yes. Um, I started in 2014. I spent 15 years before that working at companies, Silicon Valley. You're in San Francisco. You can't really escape it. And um, it was going really well. And I love technology. I love digital. I love how fast you can innovate and how quickly it scales. And yet at the same time, something was missing. And so when you are doing all this like healing, spiritual work, whether it be meditation or yoga, and I have a whole team of spiritual advisors, that's what my husband calls them, um, you start to have to get really honest with yourself. And even though things were going well, very well, there is something that just kept prompting and pulling me in a different direction. And this was a year after the company I was at got acquired by Oracle, I stayed around for a year and then it was like, okay, I really, really need to be looking at doing something else. Otherwise, I'm going to be deeper on this path that has some benefits and is really fruitful, but there was something that just wasn't fully me. So I made the leap. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I dove into a 200-hour teacher training, a month-long teacher training, just so I wouldn't go back. And at this time, it was really hot. Like there were recruiters calling and whatnot. And it was just like, okay, let's just focus. And then it just clicked, like it opened up and I said, wow, there's this huge opportunity in online education. It's only growing. And a lot of the yogis and a lot of the healers that I know aren't really tapping into it because they can't even see it. And so I, I just started reaching out to people. I um, signed on a couple of yoga teachers who were, who were established and they were right, the, they were ready to go. The timing was right. And we started launching, um, and we started launching meditation programs and a mystery school, a priestess mystery school came after that, which no one thought was possible. And all these different types of yoga teacher training. And, and then I met Deborah and we started doing astrology and it just kept unfolding from there. So I like to believe that I was on path because the universe was really supporting me and I didn't know how it was going to go. My husband didn't know how, how it was going to go. And it was just, there you are. Wow. How yeah. long ago was that? This was, um, I started towards the end of 2014. Okay, wow. Um, so, yeah. yes, yes. It's funny where it's also like ancestral in this world because I was talking to my client yesterday who's going next week to the high priestess school. Oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. like going to do it with Yes, Sienna. yes, so yes. I just, it's like we're all very connected in this yes. world and that's what I tend to find is um, everyone knows who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, my clients who have come to us and they maybe can't afford you or aren't ready um, Mm -hmm. for you because that's sort of an energy that you bring in. Like, I'm not quite ready for destiny yet. You have to be (laughs) ready to grow. You have to be like ready to do the work and get your message out. Um, But they still know who you are. Mm. Um, So you've really managed to create this amazing reputation 
um, for two reasons. Like one, I look at you as a woman in business. You're super intuitive. You bring your spirituality into your work. And then Clay looks at you from this like Capricornian, like, oh my God, how does she do it? Like you, you're so organized, you deliver such quality results. So it's like this perfect sort of blend of business and love, which mm. is hard to find in the mm. marketing world. Um, I get really frustrated. I like go on these Instagram rants sometimes about how much I hate marketing. <laughs> so, I understand. So many clients come to us that have just been screwed or like, you know, not held. Right. Um, and I don't know anyone else besides David and Christina who were on here previously who I was just mm -hmm. telling you about that really serve this community that we serve. And I remember when I first met you and Clay, you guys were talking about this and how you really wanted to serve a market that hasn't been loved in the ways you guys wanted to love. And I could tell, I was like, wow, they are so authentic and so genuine in this mission that of course you guys are going to do well and bring in the people you want to work with. So it's, I think it's amazing. It's going well. It was funny after we had dinner with you that first time, uh, Clay was like, destiny says we're on the right track. And if we keep going where we're going, we can be where she's at. And that like kept him going mm. because it's been, it's the first year was a struggle. The second year was great. We're yes. two years now. And now we're trying to figure out how to scale, which we were just talking about, which yes. is always fun when you have a lot of clients on your plate. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I wanted to sort of talk about this um, conversation around spirituality and entrepreneurship, especially with what we're doing. Mm. Um, I had a reading a couple of months ago oh. and she told me that, my purpose here is actually a spiritual one, and I mask it with my marketing company. Wow. And that, <laughs> that resonated, and it made me think of you a little bit, um, because every time we've gone out, you're just, you know, you're super intuitive. You're obviously, like, really tapped into something, and I was wondering, like, just from a personal standpoint, when you're doing what you're doing, how much of it is, like, your business experience, and how much of it is, like, that intuition and... Oh gosh, greater you know, <laughs> something, you know, because yeah, I see how you question. work and both things are at play, but it's, that's such a good question. And, um, let's see. <laughs> so I would say on a day-to-day -day basis, it's probably 50, 50, meaning mm. 50 like business skills and having to orient around this being a business. And the other 50% is intuition, relationship, connection. However, wrapped underneath both the business and tuition is consciousness. And that is 100% as much as you can. I, I'm almost afraid to say this, but I work with an energy healer five days a week. Five days? We, we get on the call for, <gasps> for 15 minutes. We do these boot camp sessions where she's clearing me. And this is in addition to my own practice. Wow. And she's helping me stay as awake and as conscious as possible. Now, it wasn't always five days a week. For the longest time, it was once a week. Then I bumped it up as I was really having to awaken more. Um, and so I feel like that's the groundwork. And then every day, it's bouncing between the intuitive understanding and then going back to looking at metrics and data and what, you know, looking at all the reporting and understanding how to drive the conversion. And then you're kind of flipping between marketing and intuition. Wow. Mm -hmm. I've never heard it described like that before. And that's like resonates so much. And mm -hmm. I didn't know that that you were doing that kind of work every day. Do you mm -hmm. feel like that's like what's made a big difference, not just in your life, but in your business? It's, you know, it's, it's everything. I'm in a business mastermind. So I participate right. in a high level mastermind where I get to tap into connections and resources and really understand what works and what doesn't. And then I have my whole team of spiritual 
my spiritual team with my astrologers and healers and whatnot. So you really need both. Um, I think that sometimes when we're playing in the spiritual magical world, we want to try to solve business day-to-day problems with the magic. Mm. And even though that seeps into everything and that's consciousness, it doesn't always translate, right? Or I was talking to Deborah about this where, you know, we're talking about different dimensions and how they connect and whatnot. But sometimes you see one dimension is not always connecting to this dimension. And that's okay. You just need to be transferring and translating in the right world for it to work. Wow. Yeah. That is so incredible. I mean, I love that concept of having like a business council and a spiritual council. Yes. I think in this work that we're doing, that's really important. And I I've sort of have that now, like what I just invested my next six months in, like we've done a lot of business coach stuff. I have a great team of mentors, um, but I'm finding, and I guess this is I feel like you do this really well. You have a child. You have, like, I see that you have better time management skills than I do. Um, But this next course I'm doing is all women. Everybody has to be in the, uh, having their own business of some sort. And it has nothing to do with business. It's all self-love, self-care, time management, and boundaries. Amazing. Which I'm like, what are all of those things? Like, I don't know. And so my business has taken on, and Deborah was just, with me this week saying you're very masculine Mm. she started like to sort of download and she was like I see this like really ancient Chinese man that which is me going nope and never smiling Mm. (laughs) and there's just this like energy to that I bring to business that I think that I've started to bring into like other parts of my life so this sort of women's group is sort of that like okay how do I tap more into that Mm. and it's so important to have both and I'm finding that the sort of experiences I'm having in the women's group are like just as important yes if not more important totally totally um, than what's happening in my business but I think that it's an important conversation, especially for us to have. I get asked a lot um, about, you know, when people are on the spiritual path or pursuing, you know, something and we're combining business with that. Like, does that, do you feel ever like that's contradictory or how do you, (laughs) I struggle with it, but then I, I go back and forth. Yes. Well, I'm, I'm probably going to get into trouble with some groups here, but <laughs> I don't believe that there's a conflict between commod- between the commoditization, am I pronouncing that well, with yeah. the healing and the intuitive arts. Mm-hmm. So I think commercialization and turning it into a level of professionalism is how I say it. So how can we empower and elevate the healing and the intuitive arts and have it be more professional? And it doesn't have to conflict with the universal work, the goodness work, and how we want to help everyone with also earning and having a fruitful, prosperous business that nurtures us and frees us and gives us a space as teachers and healers to create more and to serve more people. And I also believe that technology and the internet has opened up a whole paradigm that wasn't possible before. So if we look at the timing of things and if we Mm. look at the world needs this right now. There has been a a New York Times article that's floating around right now around how VCs are investing into astrology. Clay was just telling me about that this morning. And I can't tell you how many people have sent me this article from people I talk to all the time to people I never hear of. And they're like, oh my God, Destiny, because I had said this was coming about five years ago. 
And so the world is ready, right? So we look at the mainstream of yoga, we look at the mainstream of meditation, and now, you know, there's crystals, there's reiki, we just go into all the intuitive arts. It's all coming. And it's all getting into mainstream consciousness because I believe that the world is ready to receive it. And here we are. And consciousness needs needs and wants to accelerate. And then we have technology, we've got the internet, and then we have the world's of business and really defining business on our terms. So now isn't the time to professionalize and to elevate and to create fruitful businesses. I just don't know when when that would be. <laughs> I like want to just take that answer and like put it on my wall. <laughs> I think that that is like, you couldn't have said it better. And that's what I really get to. Like I was hiking in the Himalayas, like in mm. Nepal. Mm. And I was like, what is, what am I doing? You know, like yes. this is what matters. And then I came down into the town and there's a cute couple there that I ended up helping so mm. that they could lead more trips into Nepal with the like local Nepalis. I'm like, this is why I do it. Like it's to help people that are serving. And so with me in marketing, you know, every single client that I have, like I started in yoga as well, because mm. I actually believe like the more butts on mat, the better the world, you know? <laughs> yes. And so I know butts on mat is metric yoga studios use to um, measure how many people came through that day. But for me, I'm like, that's how many people like dropped in that day. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's huge. And so my path sort of started when I did a yoga teacher training too and was like, I have to combine this business and the yoga. And then I started teaching business of yoga at yoga teacher trainings. And then Mm. that sort of evolved into more and more. And now here we are. But I just like, it really is my dharma, as Mm. crazy as that sounds, to help people get their message out that are helping people. Mm. So if somebody sees like Deb's ad, for yes. example, Deborah's ad, everyone on here knows Deborah Silverman, um, and they actually join the star community or they join her program or her school, like they will be a better person. The world will be a better place. Yes. So like I will throw my ads in your face as much <laughs> as I can because I know if you click, like it will change your life. Mm. And so that's how I've gotten to be really picky like about who we work with, and I know you are too, um, I really feel like I have to believe in it that this is going to make a difference for somebody. Um, And then even I take it even further to say if we don't make that sale, we're actually doing that person a disservice Mm. Um, because they might go somewhere else or they might, you know, do something that's not as aligned. So it's a funny conversation though, and I don't get to have it very often because I don't know anyone other than you that's like doing this work and is so successful in it and so authentic in mm, like who you are, like this energy work every day. Like, you gotta be <laughs> kidding me. Of course that's well, what you're doing. Well, I believe that, the, <laughs> I mean, I really believe that the business is a vessel for mm. getting your work out to more people. That's just the bottom line. And you can choose to run it with integrity. You can choose to run it in the way that's fruitful. But it almost could be crystals, astrology, recce, tarot cards, oracle cards. If you don't have a business that works, not more people are going to know about this amazing transformational work. And it's, you know, it's exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Now, as marketers and business people, it's our job to have the clarity of messaging, to have to put it out there so that people can respond on the other side. And if they choose to not respond, well, you know, as long as we've done our best, right? right. I mean, at least give them the opportunity to do so. Um, but I really believe that it's a vessel. And I wish, I wish that more healers and transformational teachers in this space can 
see it more like that instead of it being this weird thing between monetizing on our gifts and on our talents. I think that's so important. Mm-hmm. I was I, I follow someone. I can't remember um, what she was saying exactly, but she was talking about how in like the '90s um, we were spending like nine or we were investing or whatever nine million do- or billion dollars a year in like the beauty industry, like beauty products, Botox, like making ourselves like look more beautiful. Mm-hmm. And now everyone is like wanting to be a self, you know, in self-care and yes. self-help and a healer or a coach and all of this stuff and how it can feel from the um, healer side, like oh, everyone's doing this. Yes. But that to me is so exciting. Like what if we were spending $9 billion a year on making the world better? Like, do it. Yes, I've goosebumps, I'm tingling. <laughs> exactly, exactly Like, right. And that's the direction <laughs> things are trending in. Yes. And so I just put out a guide this past week. I got inspired because so many people want to lead retreats but don't know how. And mm. that's something I've been doing for like 10 years is helping people host and solve their retreats. So I, I put just put out this product. I haven't really shared too much about it. but the, And then I got this response being like, well, how do I compete with everyone else leading retreats? Mm. I'm like... Everyone wants to go on retreats right now. You are unique. No one is you. Like they want to go on the retreat because you are leading it because you're going to curate an experience no one else can. And it is a good thing that this industry is booming. And I keep hearing like, oh, it's getting oversaturated. But like how amazing is it that we can go online and choose from not only how many, all these different healers that we want to work with, but marketers that market <laughs> healers. Like, that's amazing to me that, like, somebody out there can find all these different healers thanks to people like us helping them get their messages out there. Because let me tell you, uh, we all have our gifts. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I run into is people just don't know. And it's so exciting for me because yeah. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. They have a gift. I know how to share it. <laughs> Um, but, and then on the other side, they can come and have people like both of us to choose from. And I just, you know, someone said to me once like, oh, doesn't, do you feel like Destiny's business competes with yours? And I'm like, no, she, um, inspires mine, (laughs) you know, like there needs, like if there's no one else out there doing it, that's no fun. Like you want it to be inspiring. (laughs) It means it's something that's right if somebody else is doing it successfully. So totally, I just love what you're doing and I love this conversation. Um, and it's just, I get so excited by it and everything that you just said. So I think that's like a perfect lead into talking about launching your calling or launch your calling. Yes. Um, which is a program that you've created to literally do exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. So can you share more about it with me? Sure. So um, this this came up out of also the inner promptings and a download, actually, because the name was literally given to me. I didn't know what to call this program. And what was happening was my one-on-one clients that I was working with, I was tapped out because... They were, well, one, they never leave. And two, they just kept launching new programs and offers. And I really, really wanted to help more healing and holistic professionals. Like that was the bottom line. And so, and there were a lot of business owners who were in the earlier stage where they were ready to do what I call skinny launching. So maybe roll out a brand new chakra program or a new yoga program and have 20 people in the first offer and have that be really successful and then build upon that. And oh, I so, love that skinny. Yeah, the skinny launch, yes. I I um that also came as a download, and then I 
trademarked it <laughs> because it, it just came in so quickly. Yeah, um, I love that. So that's really what I teach holistic business owners and like I have lots of yoga teachers inside my course to do is how to do skinny launching, whether it's their online offer or it could be filling their live retreats and their live workshops with nurturing content and having a pre-launch strategy and having it feel less overwhelming. So of course we have to learn new things. You go through a learning curve, but how can I do this? That's low tech and low cost with a lean team or just yourself and make this real and and to learn while you launch because people wait too long. They're trying to make the perfect product. They're just completely overwhelmed with all the different online stuff out there. They're seeing other people who are more successful and they're trying to copy what they're doing. Now they have 20 emails in the campaign. It doesn't make any sense. Forget it. How about you get real, get concrete, and manifest this in the next 60 to 90 days? And that's what my students are doing. Like, I just got an email yesterday. She's like, I launched the Shocker program. It was so fun and so amazing. So that's really my mission with Launcher Calling. And we have several hundred people inside the community. Um, It's existed for a year. And um, that's really where I'm looking for for that community to grow so I can support more business owners. That's incredible. I love everything, too, about that. I think so many people just don't launch. Yes. So I was talking to someone last week, and he said, which I was like, I'm going to steal that from you. And he's like, well, I stole it from somebody else, so it's fine. (laughs) And he said that we, as artists and creators and healers, oftentimes we let um, the perfect get in the way of the good. Yes. And that really stuck with me because I have a lot of clients that just are constantly like getting a new logo or redoing their website for the 15th time and just not launching, you know? And it's like, we got to just put something out there that's good. And also what you said about um, not doing what everyone else is doing, that's like a big shtick of mine is like we get really caught up in this world of focusing on what everyone else is doing. And we don't have a unique strategy for, like, our own launch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that you have this. And uh, when does it – I think we're going to have this podcast probably come out right away next week. So Amazing. So what's the, like, game plan if people are interested? So you can get yourself on the wait list. And then I've got some free content, some free video trainings, a webinar coming up. Um, so awesome. definitely if you click on the link – You'll get yourself on the wait list, and then you're going to get notified. And especially if you guys are sharing, yeah, you know, with your also channels and whatnot. This. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and then I, something you said just triggered a thought. But um, if if someone is redoing, I would say that if a business owner is redoing the logo ten to fifteen times, or you're redoing the website, or you're shifting email platforms because you need to shift email platforms, right? I mean, how common is that? What I like to guide my students is to really check in with yourself because if you're redoing that logo or having to change email campaigns or change email systems all of a sudden, something is going on internally, whether that be resistance or doubt or fear of failure or just really, really afraid to go live. And I can't tell you how many examples I have of this, no matter how high high profile the teacher is, how established they are, because it's hitting some fear. And that's why I like to say launching is birthing. And if you're a mom, you understand this. There are labor pains that comes with it. And it's an, it's a truly an initiation. I remember when Deborah first launched her school, she was like, it's like giving a baby. It's like having a baby. And it really is. And if you know to expect that, if you keep second guessing and you keep pushing it off once, okay, fine. Two or three times, I would check in and really invite you to look at that resistance. Um, and then the other thing that you brought up that is that I think is so valuable is 
it's true on one hand that the market is more saturated. There's a lot of offers out there, especially in the yoga space. There's lots of yoga teachers or like even the crystal space has really been blowing up. And on the other side, the market is getting bigger. So there are more people that are consuming the content and the education and buying. And then what I also like to, to, to say is you don't need that huge of a market size for this to be a profitable business. 20, 40, 60 people per launch. And you have an amazing business and most likely earning more, more money than you have ever earned. And then as you grow to hundreds and thousands of people, and it's wholly doable, but you, but even at converting a thousand people per year, and we look at how big the market is, that's not even that many people. We're not trying to be a Walmart or an Amazon that's converting millions and millions. So I like to say, don't worry about how saturated the market is. Like, yes, you have to get clear on your differentiation, your uniqueness, but outside of that, you're capturing a really small piece of the pie. And I mean that in a good way. And that's also why I call it the skinny launch. <laughs> I love that. I think that's so true. We say it all the time, like get specific and get niche. Like yes. when somebody comes to us and they have such a specific like niche offering, I'm yes. like, great, 50 people will say hell yes to this. Yes. And yes, that's yes. all you need. And I think that that's, you know, that's sort of the mentality we had when we started our company. And it's funny, authentic audience came to me in like a moment too and I was like that's that's it and for weeks we like didn't launch because we didn't have a name because mm. before it was Crystal Echo and then Clay came on and I and see. so we were like trying to think of this name and spending so much time on that that we weren't really actually thinking about our offer and what Clay said which you guys are really similar um he said we just need one we just need one client to say yes to us, we solve their problems and they'll stay with us. And then we get another client and another client. So I think people, um, you know, get in this mindset of, oh, I need to have a million followers or, you know, something crazy. Truly, all I want is 10,000 so that I can get the <laughs> fucking swipe up because I just want to be able to swipe people up to like something that's really easy. But after, but so it's not, if, if the swipe up came at 4,000, then I'd be happy at four. I just, I know how... You know, every time somebody has to click, we lose them. So as, if I could have that swipe up to direct somebody to, that's like all I want is to be able to do that. But it's so funny because we get really caught up in in this, like more, yes. more, more, when really if you just have 20 people by yes. the thing. It gets you moving. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It's such a good point. So I think, and the resistance conversation is something that I bring up a lot. And I think in, in our world... Um, resistance. I know everyone feels it, but when it's this personal, yes, most of our clients are selling themselves um, for one, you know, in one way or another, whether yes. it's their gifts, their services, but it's their face. Mm -hmm. um, and it can get really, we can get stuck in our egos, I think, yes. a lot. Even when I go to launch something, I'm like, oh, I have to post about this. And I'm so excited about the thing, but it, the resistance is just so strong. And so I go as far as saying, like, authenticity equals resistance. Mm. So, like, if you're doing something that is truly authentic, like, resistance that. is going to be, like, sitting in the front seat. I have a coffee mug that says resistance. And it's just, that. like, have coffee have coffee with resistance every day and keep going. Yes, like, yes. it's not – it's it's actually, like, fuel, you mm. know, to your fire instead of, like, you know, putting it out. So I love that. Yeah, I just – I think resist when someone has resistance, I'm like, yes, mm. this means it's what you're supposed to be doing. Doing. You I know, it's that. Stephen Pressfield. Have you read The War of Art? Yes. 
I love that book so much. I pretty much prescribe it to everyone, and he just keeps talking about the bigger the dream, mm-hmm. you know, that's supposed to come through you, the heart, the bigger the resistance. So it's so true. Is that something that you find like my? I had one question written down that was like, "What is one of the biggest challenges you've worked with so many people in this space that you find that they come up against when it comes to launching or putting something out there?" I would say it's it's exactly that. It's hitting that growth edge because we all think, "Oh, okay, once we get to a certain business size or a certain launch size, then all is well." And it doesn't work that way because whether you hit first hundred thousand for that launch or half a million or seven figures, then guess what? As human beings, we're thinking about the next growth edge because the reality is that you don't really stay in the same place, right? We're so dynamic. But even if you're not consciously thinking about, well, what's what's next, we're always thinking about the growth. Mm. And so you're hitting new challenges every time you grow and you have to face something within yourself every time you grow, no matter what team, growing team, figuring out what new book wants to birth out of you, even if it's your third or fourth book. Or you're going to teach in front of a bigger audience or you're having a bigger launch. And I, I have so many examples of when we're all primed for a big launch and then some chaos happens and they want to pull back or they want to make a big change and I'm holding steady. And I said, no, yeah, this, what is, do you this do? is the path. You say no. So yeah. this is where having the council really supports, right? Yeah. It's like I have my council, I'm their council. And it's like, no, this is what we do. This is it. And we stick to it. And it's great. I mean, I had a recent launch where it was feeling frozen for a while, even though we had all the right indicators and then we powered through and it turned into an amazing launch. Yeah. But what do you do at those moments? And I feel like it's the universe testing you. It's like, are you really ready to have this growth and have this expansion? And so um, it's it's up to you to really step up to that. And we all face our growth edges no matter what level you're at. It doesn't I love matter. That, the growth edge. It really doesn't matter. It's like there's a growth edge. You want to be an executive at a company. You're you're just hitting that growth edge time and time again. And it's like, how far do you want to go? <laughs> well, I think having somebody like you or like I find myself doing this a lot too, just like holding space and holding them accountable. Yes. Um, is such an important part of growth. And like even I have mentors, like you said, you have a council. And so to think, you know, that you want to do this whole big thing on your own, even though I literally do launches, I still hire somebody else to help me when I'm doing a launch totally. for myself, you know? Totally. So I think it's great that you exist to like kind of like take people through that process. Yes. It's something that I see like literally all the time. And what you just described, I call it like self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Like right yes. before they launch something like major happens, even as far as like they go through a breakup or like something just happens and it's like totally like karmic sabotage that they're doing to get this thing out there. And I just have to, you know sort of remind them that this is normal yes, and this is actually a part of the process. Yes. Um, And so is there any other sort of advice that you give to people that are sort of feeling that growth edge maybe in this moment? (laughs) So I would say, say, well, step number one is to really stop. And so many times we're responding to externally what's happening, even if our internal world has caught it in, right? So a breakup or... Uh, family problems or even be a family member about to pass away and you're mm-hmm. like well should I postpone this launch and whatnot and this has also come up recently so one is to really stop and pause and to check in with yourself like is there something else going on here 
that is driving the external or is there something I really do need to stop and respond? And I would say about 20% of the time, there is something that we actually have to address in the outer yeah. world. But 80%, it's like, okay, we can take a pause. What's the worst case scenario that could actually happen? Okay, I spent 100000 on this launch and I yielded 120000 It's like the worst case scenario yeah. generally isn't, <laughs> isn't that, that bad. bad. It's yeah. not really not that bad. And then you keep moving from there. Um, I had one recent launch where the, the client actually did try to delay due to uh, family family stuff that was coming up, and it was very serious. And we looked at it again and said, well, what's the worst case scenario? It wasn't that bad. And so we didn't pause it, and we had an amazing launch. Yeah. And she was like, thank you. She was like, thank you, Destiny, for keeping me going. And so it's really important to check in with yourself. And she thankfully checked in with herself and said, you know what? I can do this. You know, we're, we're, we're already here, and the worst case really isn't. It's fine. I can make it through this. And, and then everything came out on the other side. That's such good advice. Just, you know, stop and check in. Yes, absolutely. Know? Yes. And I, to be honest. To yeah. like, be honest with your check-in. <laughs> the harder part. Yes. Yeah. I love this. Well, I'm really excited about Launcher Calling. I'm going to be directing people more to it. Um, so is there anything else that you feel like you want to sort of share about Launcher Calling or like who it's for maybe, um, if you're at a stage in your business that this might be right? It's, it's really designed for people who have a business. So an offline business, you don't need an email list. You don't need an online following. Um, and it's, it's for people who are ready to go into modern online marketing regardless of how much resistance you've had before, right? Because if you're thinking, oh my goodness, do I need to share my whole life on Instagram? I get this one a lot. Um, and you're just so overwhelmed by all the tech. So you're ready to go into online world and to learn this in a safe, expansive container or people who have an offline business and they're like, okay, I'm ready to launch an online offer. Um, I would say the community is 99% healers and yogis and transformational experts and life coaches. Um, and it's really, it's really amazing. So, um, yeah. I love it. Yes. And the next one's starting in May. Yes, that's great. So we have time to get on the webinars and all that. That's great. So, um, man, I just could talk to you about this stuff all day. (laughs) Um, I sort of wrap up or end each podcast with um, talking about uh, inauthentic moments and authentic moments. The name of my business is called Authentic Audience. And that's like my, I thought was my word until Mm, I had my uh, dig with Aaron, who was on this podcast, and it turned out to be Dharma. But it plays a big role in everything I do. So, um, and... Obviously, in business, as entrepreneurs, we make mistakes all the time. Um, And I don't even like to call them mistakes. Um, I've learned from everyone. I was just talking to my friend who's visiting, and I was like, man, if I didn't make that mistake two years ago, I wouldn't know you. Mm, You know? And just like, you know, how it all works out. But anyway, it was still stemmed from an inauthentic moment. And uh, so that's my first question is, do you have a moment in business, either this business or potentially when you were more on the corporate side that you felt you weren't being authentic? So I have many of those moments, um, (laughs) but something that comes to mind would be there was a couple of times in my business when I was growing to the next stage where I was worried about, well, am I making the right transition? And so I was taking on clients that weren't exactly the right fit for where I was headed because I was afraid. And I would say that the the inauthenticity inauthenticity in that moment is really around choosing that fear 
And so on one hand, we have mm. to be pragmatic business people. And this is always a fine balance. Like, am I being pragmatic and grounded or am I choosing fear because I'm about to leap to the next stage? And when you choose, when you align with clients that aren't the right fit, either on their end or your end, or it's just not the right timing, just things aren't as smooth, right? And even if you really want to help them, they really want to change. It's just, it's, it doesn't flow, you know, it's, it becomes taxing on both sides and you just lose that flow and that ease and that grace that we're always, you know, hopefully staying in or at least, you know, working towards. Um, so I would say that's a big inauthentic moment. And when you, um, cause not that I've done this a million times, but when you're in that space of like, I just made this decision out of fear, I just took somebody on that I wasn't necessarily aligned with my values. What do you like, what do you then do? How do you shift back? So the two moments I'm thinking about, so one, um, one client I had to go back and just, you know, we just reversed and just readjusted and just let them go. Yeah. And then one client we pivoted and then we readjusted the scope, the scope of how we were working together. And I felt good about both sides and we both, you know, we still have really good relationships and, you know, we're still in touch. Um, but it's being, again, being honest and willing to look at what needs to get changed and being willing to pivot. And mm, I would say that's... Being willing a, to pivot. Pivoting is so important. You look at any company, you look at Airbnb, you look at Uber, look at any company, you have to be willing to pivot at the stages that you're at if you want to grow and evolve. I love that. That's amazing. Okay, so um, now, ending with my favorite question, <laughs> um, is there like a moment that you can remember that you were just like, wow, that was... Like I was so in my truth and that was such an authentic decision that maybe wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> I'm <laughs> laughing. For, for me, when those moments come out of like actually making a really hard decision, um, but I know it was like the right one. So I would say a big one for me was birthing launcher calling because the truth is from a business standpoint, from a revenue standpoint, I didn't have to do it. And mm. I didn't have to go into this whole other trajectory and confront new growth edges within myself. But I wanted to help more people and I wanted to help more business owners. And I had to push past my comfortable growth edge of where I was at in the business and having predictability and comfort um, to really launch it. And I remember I had to face everything within myself. Like, what is my message? Am I telling my truth? Am I doing what I am holding my clients accountable for? Mm. And that launch was, whew, when I talk about a birth and an initiation, I remember day two of CART. I was laying in bed and saying, <laughs> oh my goodness, what did I just do? Yeah. And my husband was like, you're going to be fine. And it was the best thing I've ever done. I, I remember the first group of students, my first launch, 52 people signed up and they were so amazing and credible and it was just this huge transformation I was like seeing in all the students and it was incredible and had I turned back on day two like what am I doing like who am I to be doing this then I wouldn't have and now we have hundreds of people inside yeah. the community and it was just so so I highly encourage everyone to make the leap and then before that was when I left my corporate job I mean, I just, that was rough to go from that to negative. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the world of being an entrepreneur, like, I feel like is like the best thing for my spiritual practice because it's like so up and down and you just have to 
like you said, make the leap. And every day I feel like I have to make the leap. And I have that question come up. I, you're farther into this than I am. And that's why I look up to you so much. It's like really what keeps me going some days is one, there are people out there that need my help and those people are here to help. Mm. So I kind of think of myself as the messenger and that keeps me going, but it's also like, who am I to be doing this, you know? Mm -hmm. But then I have these conversations and I launch this program and 10 people sign up and I'm like, this is why I'm doing this, you know? Yes, yes. Or like we sell out a retreat or something happens and I know great, now these 24 people are going to get to experience Nepal through Emery's eyes and like all is right in the world. Yes, So it's really rewarding, but it's really challenging and I'm tired a lot and you seem like you're not that tired. <laughs> so like what is your secret? Well, I I'm very lucky, you know, and yeah. I say this all day long, but if I didn't have Seth my husband, mm. I wouldn't have made that first leap. I would have been too scared. And he truly is my rock and my foundation and he said, "Look, take 6 months, go figure it out." Um and I have a toddler, he's two and a half, a full on toddler stage. And something that I ha- I had to get really clear on was what kind of mom am I going to be and what kind of business owner am I going to be? So, you know, I'll be honest, I've, I've never done a day of laundry for Jacob since he was born. I don't think I've done laundry in a decade <laughs> and I have to be okay with that. Yeah. And I have to be able to say I'm not a worse mom, like I'm not a bad mom for not having done his laundry or cooking that dinner or making that. And so we have to give ourselves a permission to let go and to figure out what our boundaries are. And it's not to say everyone, you know, needs to go hire and and like outsource their whole team, but to know what you're willing to take on and what you're not willing to take on and who you're really willing to be. And my husband and I, we've got clear boundaries for modern parents. He does his part. I do my part. And we're really clear and we have a therapist we see all the time and we stay very honest. And I think that that is the real, the real power and the ingredient and being nourished and filled up. Yeah. Is to get clear on who we are and what our boundaries and what we're willing and not willing to do. And the results will reflect that. Like people think if you do less, you'll, you're not going to have, you're going to have less, but you actually get way better results in life and business if you're willing to stay true to that. Wow. That's so awesome. Yeah. Boundaries is like a word that keeps coming up a lot lately. So Mm -hmm. I think I need to just explore that. (laughs) One of the questions on this women's group was, how are you at setting boundaries? And I'm like, what's boundaries? Mm. Like, what's that? You know? And I think at this point I've been so lucky. Like every time somebody reaches out, I'm like so excited. Mm. And I was watching this video. I can't remember what it was, but like growth or like success really happens when, you know, you get um, an opportunity that through years ago you would have jumped at that now is like you know like you said that's why I loved what you said about these growth edges yes because I'm just at a different place than I was then and it doesn't make me any less grateful you know or any less you know excited about the work and people who want to work together but I also have to like learn how to set some boundaries well it's (laughs) you know it's interesting you say this and not to go off on a tangent but um (laughs) Uh, there was a well-known speaker that came into the mastermind and something he said was, so you have to say yes as you're building up your success. But once you get to a certain level, you have, in order to stay there, you have to learn what to say no to. And that really resonated and stuck with me because it's true. And the other thing I find, especially with, you know, I'm just going to say this with like women is that we, it's so easy for us to say yes and to our fluid boundaries and call the water element or, you know, and whatnot. 
But there's usually, at least for myself, some fear around, well, what is that going to mean? Does that mean they're not going to love me? Does it mean I have to feel their disappointment and I don't want to feel that? Or I'm going to fail because I didn't say yes? And you feel your internal world like like whirling when you're saying no. Totally. Yes, yes. And then you have to get clear on that. Well, you know, is that true or not true? Especially with clients, right? It's hard to say no. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's really hard. It's harder yes. to say no. That's yes, for sure. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so excited to know you truly. Like I, re- someone, I think it's still Stephen Pressfield. I, I misquote him all the time, so it might not be him. <laughs> but when you want someone in your life, like to be a mentor, you just like poke them and try and add value to them like mm. every six months or so. So I'm going to just keep poking you <laughs> because I love just you in the space and you know anytime I'm talking to Deb or someone I'm like well what did Destiny say like maybe we should get on the phone with Destiny and ask her just so I mean I really truly like bow down to what you do and I just think it's so cool that like my biggest inspiration in this space happens to be a woman who lives in San Francisco like there aren't a lot of people doing what you're doing if anybody that's doing exactly it the way that you're doing so if you want to find Destiny, it's destinyberman.com, D-E-S-T-I-N-E-E, Berman. And then does Launcher Calling have its own thing, or can we find that on Destiny? They'll they'll be able to find that on Launcher Calling. Yes. Uh, I mean, on, on Destiny, Destiny Berman. Berman. Okay, yes. she's on Instagram. She's great. All of the things. I'm just so grateful to have had this conversation. I think this is so valuable. I hope we can have more of these conversations. Mm, same here. I, yeah, this has been incredible. Thank awesome. you. Happy full moon. <laughs> Uh, best of luck with your launch Um, I'm excited for that and as always thank you for being here and keep growing Mm -hmm.